Welcome to the Texas Conflict Coach radio program. If you've ever experienced or engaged in destructive or unresolved conflict, then you know it leads to broken relationships, distrust, and damaging results. Our program will help you manage and resolve conflict effectively with strategies, valuable resources, and support. Since 2009, our radio program hosted guest experts from around the globe sharing their perspectives, experiences, and expertise while giving you food for thought. If you can't listen live, then download and listen to any of our 300-plus podcasts in our library at texasconflictcoach.com. So sit back, relax, or join the conversation every Tuesday evening, or tweet us at TXConflictCoach. Welcome listeners to our Conflict Chat, Challenges of Working in a Gig Economy. We are your co-hosts, Stephen Kotev and Patty Porter. So you have conflict? Are you a worker taking on short projects or gigs? Many temporary employees and independent consultants work in a gig economy. As the gig economy grows, so do the challenges that employers, HR managers, and workers face when it comes to communication and managing conflict. We will also talk about at-will employment and how it changes the employer's view of conflict and how they can throw the baby out with the bathwater by quickly terminating employees versus taking the time to work through the issues. We invite you now to engage with us. Um, Call us at 347-324-3591 and press the number one key. That's 347-324-3591. And let us know that you want to speak to us by pressing the one key. Enter the chat room at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Texas dash conflict dash coach. We have the room open now. Or tweet us at TX Conflict Coach and follow our Twitter feed using the hashtag conflict chat. Stephen, it's been a while. I'm so glad that we're doing this conflict chat together tonight. Yeah, thank you so much, Patty. You know, I, I uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to talk about this. You know, as as somebody who works for himself, I constantly am in this environment, and I see how this gig economy comes and affects us in so many ways. So, you know, I, I'm just glad that we're talking about this because, to me, it's something that we deal with a lot. And more and more people, uh, and American workers in particular, um, you know, and, and of course this is around the world, uh, is becoming a, a big, big trend. But let's let's just define for our listeners what a gig economy is. And there are a lot of different definitions, but the, the short of it is, is that it's an environment in which temporary positions or, or short-term engagements uh, are common, and more and more organizations and businesses are contracting with independent workers for these short gigs, these short projects, uh, sometimes they are uh, actually temporary employees, and so there. So that is what the gig economy is. And um, one one uh, blog post that I was reading is that there was a study by Intuit that predicted that by 2020. 40% of American workers would be independent contractors. So this trend is really, really growing. And I'm part of that gig economy just as you are yourself, uh, as a not only as a business owner but as an independent contractor. So that's what – and now also interesting, Stephen, when I was doing my research on this is that uh, some people – 
actually consider the gig economy a collaborative economy. But So I think there's an irony there, and we'll get into that as we start to talk about some of the issues with a gig economy. The other thing we wanted to uh, define is, if you wouldn't mind defining for us, uh, Stephen, what an at-will employment, because we talked about that in the introduction. Right. The, the simplest way to think of at-will is to think of um, – the royal court in England where you serve at the pleasure of Her Majesty. So pretty much you are you serve at the pleasure of your employer, and if at any time you displease your employer, well, then you depart. So you serve, you know, you're basically, uh, you can be in, terminated for pretty much any cause, and um, uh, they can set you, they can end your employment at their will. And that's the easiest way of thinking about it. Okay. So taking those two definitions, first of all, obviously, if this is a trend that's growing, it seems to be working. Um, so what are some of the benefits? You're, con- you're, you're in a gig economy. I'm in a gig economy. Uh, what would you say is your number one kind of uh, opportunity or benefit from being a, working in a gig economy? Well, it's 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 one of the words you just used is is that you know you have more opportunity, you have more freedom to do things. You know, in a gig economy, you're not you're not stuck in one place. You know, think of gig as in I've got a um, I'm a musician and I got a gig playing here <laughs> and I got a gig playing there and I got a gig over here and I'm going to go do this. So you have the freedom to go do pretty much whatever you want. You have um, shorter-term relationships often. So, hey, I've got a terrible boss. All right, well, really, you just got a terrible gig. And once you get that gig over with, you go get another one as opposed to going to the same place over and over again. And, you know, I'm sure there's a couple more that that, that we can name, um, but those are some of the ones that come to me right off the top of my head, Patty. Well, it gives you. I, I love the 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 freedom that you were talking about, the the great amount of flexibility. But it's also your ability to say, from the independent contractor's perspective, uh, or the temporary employee's perspective, you get to make a choice. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you, you know, I don't even want that gig. No way. Mm-hmm. Uh, or yeah. or you know, it's like that. You know, for a lot of employees, they get in the job description, and at the bottom of the job description, it says, and all other duties as assigned, (laughs) 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 which could be anything and everything. But for us, we could say, you know what, that's an other duties assigned, and I don't want that gig because I know that's that's for whatever reason that – Certainly, if you're in an already existing gig, then you know at some point it will end um, because it's a, usually a short-term project, um, and, and that can mean a year, too. But, um, but yeah, these gigs will end. Uh, I love the ability to call my own schedule, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the flexibility and freedom. With So if I've got something going on in my personal life or my family, I like the idea that it gives me a little bit more control over taking care of those things and you know people always talk about work-life balance so those that's to me a a really huge benefit is kind of calling my own schedule and taking care of some of those personal family needs if I need to and that means not taking a gig for that day or that week or that month or whatever I might Mm -hmm. choose so those are just some of the benefits I've seen too oh well you you also have chances to to innovate you know there's been projects that I've just started because I've wanted to and I didn't have to go to anybody I didn't have 
happy. Well, I had to make my wife happy, but you know, other than that, I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't have, I didn't have to go to a boss or I didn't have to get somebody else to approve it. You know, I just started doing it, you know, and one of those things was the uh, um, recommended guidance that I put together for practitioners on how to keep themselves more safe. You know, that was just something that I started and I did. And so if you're, if you're really an innovative person and you know, you're somebody who maybe is, um, uh, an accountant by training and has accountant gigs, but is you know really interested in developing apps. You can go do that. You can just pick up and start whatever it is, as long as you keep the folks who you're working for happy. You know, you have um, uh, uh, an interesting. You know, you can you can create a very interesting scenario for yourself if you're, you know, sort of savvy enough to to put yourself in that situation. Well, you know, and I love the the innovation part that you just talked about. I was just watching something. Um, I'm a Airbnb user, and mm. love love going on Airbnbs and staying at Airbnbs. And I noticed on our last trip on Airbnb that when we went online, we were using our app, and as we were getting to our location, the app popped up with these, you know folks who were, you know, individuals like you and I that lived in the area and they were offering, oh, I can take you on a hiking tour of, you know, downtown Nashville or I can, you know, do the Elvis tour. But these were not sponsored by Airbnb. These were locals. And so then today on, on uh, one of the shows, the morning shows, they were actually talking about how they're, they're using these individuals as part of the gig economy. They actually had another name for it, but they're creating these very unique things that they like to do. So you're in town, I'm in Washington, and hey, maybe you want to uh, do a painting and wine class, or maybe you want to go see the parts of town that most tourists don't see, and we'll take you on the tour of that. I mean, there was all kinds of things that – you know, that appealed to the, the outdoors person or the, the wine connoisseur. But this was very much a gig economy where these people had full-time jobs, but this was their backyard, and they made a little extra money um, doing these, you know, gigs, if you will, uh, as associated with Airbnb and the apps. Um, and, and I think the gig economy is growing because we are such a mobile, uh, teleworking society, digit digitization, um, and software use, and, and the use of apps has, has allowed a, a lot of this trend to really grow. Now, certainly, I imagine for businesses, there's a lot of benefits for because it's a mutual benefit in a lot of ways. Um, so, what have some of the businesses that you've worked with? Uh, what have been the benefits to them uh, in terms well, of using? Right. Well, of, of 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 getting bringing someone in on a, um, a you know as a, as an independent consultant or a temporary employee, um, yeah, I I think from the company side they just they don't they're not putting money in towards retirement. They're, they don't have to give you any benefits. Um, you know, your you don't have the same protections that you would if you were an actual employee. So if you're you know, somebody who they don't like, you know, it's even easier to get rid of you. You know, one of the things yeah. that I see on a, on, on a, on a, unfortunately more common basis, you know, I do a lot of work in the, with, with, in the government sector, but I also have, I do stuff in the private sector and in the private sector, it's very easy to just go and fire somebody because you don't get along with them. And, you know, to me, that's where there's times where I, I wonder if it's if it's sometimes 
such a fallback that they really get themselves into trouble and they end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater and they say, hey, I don't like this person. Uh, well, you're gone. You know, it, it's it's uh, sort of what you, you see with our current administration of, you know, the extenuation of you're fired. And, well, yeah. is that really the best choice? You know, did you think through the costs that were involved in just getting rid of somebody versus actually building up a skill set, becoming conflict competent, and maybe actually, you know, succeeding in ways you didn't think you could? Yeah, and that's the that's definitely some of the risks um, that for both the uh, the independent contractor, the temporary employee who take on these gigs. Yes, there's some there's a lot of benefits, which is probably why the gig.com is growing. But there's also some real downsides uh, to what you just mentioned. I mean, because really, anyone who works in the gig economy as an independent contractor or even a, a temporary employee, this is where the at will definition that you were talking about which is they could fire you for any reason. They're just like, yeah, we don't need you anymore, and we don't like you. And especially when there's a conflict, if they don't have an investment in a relationship, mm-hmm. um, but their, their, their interest is the outcome. We need the results. We need the work done. And if you're not going to do it or if you're not going to do it the way we want, then we'll just get somebody else. But the downside to that is, you know, are they just getting rid of an individual or are they really getting rid of, the, like you said, throwing out the baby with the bathwater? And that can cause a great deal of unintended impact by doing that. So what is what is it that you know the other the other downside too for the gig economy is that there's a lot of controversy online when you read a lot of the the blog posts and articles about you know is is the pay fair um, like you said there's no benefits uh, is there the stability uh, for either for yourself or for the company. But let's talk about this. So if we're in a gig economy and we're working on a project and you're trying to trying to build a relationship because maybe you get repeat gigs with this company, I mean, what is what is it that we what are the challenges that we need to look at facing in a different way? In other words, how might we look at this challenge so we're not just throwing the baby out? How might companies or how might even the independent contractors look at how they approach some of these uh, tensions and problems in a different way? Well, what, what, partly I think it goes back to reevaluating how you use your time. Because in, in many circumstances, what I find is, is that they think, well, I'm not, I don't want to deal with this problem. So what I'm just going to do is is I'm just going to get rid of this person straight away. And one of the things that I always have to go back to managers with and say is is well how much effort did you put into this person? You know, how long have they been on the job? How how, how much institutional knowledge do they have? Are they fully up to speed? Are they able to do the majority of the work that you want them to do? Okay? So you get rid of this person. So how long is it going to take for you to advertise? How long is it going to take for you to vet? And then how long is it going to take for this person to come up to speed? You know, and and a lot of times that's stuff that they don't see and you know, it's more of did you did you really think through what you're doing or are you doing it impulsively because you're angry or because you're afraid um or you're uncomfortable or or something else? Um, that 
you know you could maybe work through uh, versus just um, make a decision and then later on realize that you actually made a, 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 a you got a much bigger headache than you uh, thought you were getting rid of. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think you know as this trend grows, I think there are going to be increasing increasingly more challenges and more issues around managing a large number of short term. Um, or temporary employees, uh, whether it's from uh, employee rights uh, issues, um, just basic employee rights, uh, even as a temporary employee. Now, as an independent contractor, you're not an employee, but if you're maintaining a lot of that, there's going to be a lot of HR types of issues that they're still going to have to deal with. Um, And so... People have got to realize, you know, if we're going to have issues, what, how are we going to approach this differently so that we're not rotating like a, you know, a revolving door uh, with a lot of these contractors coming in and out? Um, let's see what else. Uh, yeah, well, so I think you know, part, yeah, so I'd be curious to see. Uh, I, I know we don't have any callers on the line at this point, but I, I'd be curious to see how people are handling that. Well, you know, but you have to think about it in that branding is such a big deal nowadays. You know, branding, 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 branding. Well, if you're basically just sort of shuffling through people because you don't know how to deal with them, there's no continuity of experience. You know, people aren't – they're not having that – um, branded experience, experience so that they know, hey, this is what they get when they come and they interact with you. And this takes me us back to uh, March when we were talking about Uber. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you had a situation where it was totally a gig economy. Uber turned the whole taxi industry on its head, went and mm-hmm. did things that nobody ever thought of. And in that process, they didn't deal with conflict themselves. Because basically they had employees who were temporary independent contractors. They weren't considered employees uh, in any sense, and they had problems. And, you know, the CEO, uh, Kalanick, basically was saying, I don't care. And, and this is the thing where it becomes a lose-lose because the company's public reputation gets damaged they miss opportunities to actually work together and make things better. And it's all because, to me, they're, they're not building their conflict competency muscle. Mm, absolutely. And part of that, too, comes to clear communication and in, in understanding what the expectations are when you have these employees who are working in this capacity. Uh, one of the things that I was uh, noticing in some of the research is that a lot of employers have not considered their own thought processes or even expanding their policies, HR policies, and how they are communicating their expectations, um, you know, involving temporary employees or these independent contractors, uh, especially the temporary employees. Um, I know that, uh, so, so, you know, so people need to start looking at how are they going to communicate these expectations in a clearer way, whatever the expectations are in terms of work environment, how we're working, uh, what the the end result are. So part of it in that building that competency model, you know, competency muscle, if you will, is how are we communicating um, and how are we communicating clearly our expectations and how are the policies being adopted. Uh, A lot of these folks are not adopting the policies or thinking uh, outside of the box as, as this economy grows. Grows in this direction. 
Well, yeah. And what's interesting is, is, is that there has to be a way of having a shared commitment. Mm-hmm. What what will happen is is that if you're in an environment where you have no loyalty to each other, mm-hmm. at the end of the day then you're not really able to create the real meaningful experience or collaborate in that remarkable way to do something that's going to let you stand out. If it's basically everybody's interchangeable with everybody else, then you're really going to end up with this kind of bland, blah thing that isn't going to make you any different than anybody else. But the people who actually are able to then stand out, they go and, and, and eat everybody else's you know lunch. And when you're in this thinking of, well, I'll just find another one, you know, it doesn't always work out that way. You know, if you're the person who's never happy with your uh, babysitter and you just keep kicking them out the door and thinking you can find another one, sure, I'm sure you can think of that. But that's not necessarily the case. Your kids aren't always going to go and like the same, you know, people. There's going to be certain ones that are going to understand your kids better or they're going to understand your parenting style or they're going to understand how exactly everything needs to be done, what what you're comfortable with and what you're not comfortable with. But, you know, this lack of real engagement with each other that allows people in a sense to be lazy with the gigs sometimes really causes folks to miss out. Hmm. So part of it is, um, so I think some things that um, HR and or employers need to consider as well as those who are working in this type of, you know, taking these short-term gigs is, one, really communicating, you know, if we're going to build these, uh, a little bit of a stronger connection and relationship, you know, really communicating like, you know, what is my, if, so if I'm if I'm an independent contractor going in and I know I'm going to work on this short-term gig, the first thing I want to do um, before I get started is have a conversation with whoever my primary contact is or who, whoever is going to be the person I'm going to be reporting to. Really starting to build rapport right off the bat, I had a gig, uh, a gig actually back in August, and uh, I had maybe six weeks uh, to prepare for this gig and then, and then deliver the results of the gig and then be done, right? And so right off the bat, um, I had now had this was a repeat client, so the client knew me from, you know, maybe two or three years prior, uh, but right off the bat, I wanted to clarify expectations, you know, what exactly uh, were, were they looking for in the, in the work that I was providing, um, because I had worked for them before, I kind of knew what the style was and, and what maybe some uh, in terms of their communication style. And because of that, I was able to go back and say, so let's clarify a couple of things. You know, what is the end result? What is it we're trying to do in the end result? But meanwhile, how do you want to collaborate on this project? Are there other people involved that you want me to collaborate on? Uh, what meetings should I be included in, in in terms of meetings or discussions? Uh, are there things that you're using to measure Success. So I had to really be a good listener, and I also had to be really curious to ask good questions in, in a way that was genuine. So 
it looked like I was there for them and I was really supporting their success because they were going to be measured by somebody above them. Uh, so it was really important to, you know, encourage uh, and support those early communications early on. And then having um, a feedback system that was kind of in process, you know, so I could give feedback and they could give me feedback in that six-week time period. Um, and just really opening up that, that line of communication was really important. Um, and who knows? Maybe it was, you know, that type of communication and, and building rapport, even though it was a six-week project, might be, lead to other future gigs, uh, you know, in the future, of course. But I think that, that those communications are so critical up front. Well, and, and it goes back to, to me, conflict resolution 101. Well, what's mm-hmm. the problem? And when you're getting a gig and you're in the gig economy, it's the same thing that you were just doing is, is – Do you really understand what the problem is? Do you really understand what it is that they need? Have you gotten clear about why that's important to them? And a lot of times that can really make the difference between having a great relationship where everybody's happy and everybody's getting along or the ones where you're miserable. Because, you know, I was kind of funny where you were were mentioning how the – the sort of the fine print at the end of the employment contract, you know, where people are full-time <laughs> employees and they're like, yeah, and any other duties assigned. Yeah. Well, you know, I had part-time gigs where what I thought I was supposed to be doing didn't happen. You know, I was doing almost the exact opposite and they just needed something to get done. And so it was, well, do I want to keep these people happy or do I want to, you know, can I afford to go someplace else? And that's one of those ones where you end up taking this far detour going, hey, wait, you know, I thought I was going and I was your dishwasher, and now you're asking me to be your mechanic. You know, like, what? This is not at all what I signed up for. And that's where figuring out what matters to people, you know, for all those husbands out there, listen to your wives, find out what's going on. Like, don't go and just start doing stuff because then you, you really miss everything. And it's no different than when you're in this economy is, is, you know, if you're the employer, you got to be really clear about what you're looking for and how you bring these people on board who've never done it before in a level that you're satisfied with. And when you're looking around saying, hey, should I take this? It's what is it that you're really trying to solve? Because sometimes, you know, the thing that they're asking for you to do isn't really what they want. Mhm. Well, and that isn't that is often a real crux of an, an of a new problem because they, like you said, you think you're hired to be the dishwasher, but now you're the mechanic, and or they did hire you to be the dishwasher, and by the way, can you also be a mechanic? Uh, or mm-hmm, can you also mm-hmm. add on this a- additional task? But we're not going to pay you any more money, right. and so that's where the rights thing come, in, or, or the fair pay, or your your protection and your rights almost seem like non-existent at times because they're like, well, if you're not going to do it, then forget it. But then they, you feel like you've been taken advantage of because now instead of working, you know, 40 hours for this project, now they're expecting another 40 or 50 hours. But hey, that was our understanding is that that's what you were going to do. 
So you need to just work those additional 40 to 50 hours, and then you're like, oh, okay, what uh, what am I doing here? Am I quitting? Am I uh, going back to my contract? Have you even had a contract? You know, uh, So those are real common problems, and your ability to really be conflict competent in those situations um, you know, and how you handle that effectively, because if you don't handle it effectively, you can also get a reputation um, and then other people won't hire you uh, if they know that you're not going to be, you know, uh, handling those kind of problems uh, successfully and constructively. So, mm-hmm. well, and, and again, you know, this is my, this is the mantra that I work with all the time. You know, I, I talk to a lot of military folks, people who, you know, are sort of skeptical about, well, what's this conflict stuff, and why should I even care about it, and you know, why can't I just get rid of them? And, I, you know, my thing is, is, you know, how many people do you know that you effectively uh, how many people do we know that effectively deal with nobody else? They don't talk to anybody else. They don't interact with anybody else at all. You know, for the most part, it's mm-hmm. like zero. You know, there's maybe like a monk or some sort of religious person who, but for pretty much everybody else deals with somebody else on a regular basis. And when you get two people together, you got a conflict. And yeah. why, if you're going to deal with it every day, why not get good at it? And it's no different than when you're in these environments and you're either the manager, you're the owner, you're the person who is who is who has got a gig. If you all can't figure out what is important and how to go and, in a sense, take care of yourself, be yeah. somebody that people like to hire, somebody who they're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe how happy I am that I got Patty Porter. You know, she is the best. That's the thing that everybody wants to walk away with, but that's not easy. And a lot of it is listening, understanding what people care mm-hmm. about, and those are the central things in being competent, conflict competent. Oh, absolutely. And I think uh, that as we begin to end the the program here, I think that especially if you're going to be a very you know very independent freelance temporary worker that having those skills uh, really learning how to be curious how to ask really good questions how to monitor yourself monitor your judgments monitor your emotions when those problems come into play is going to be a really big part of working in a gig economy if that's what you're wanting to do um the other thing too and just as a as a fourth as a afterthought, after you just said that, I do recall a time where I did a gig. It was a it was a longer gig, and I put my heart and soul into it, right? Because I I was proud of my work, and I wanted the 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 client to be very happy of the work. And um, but what was interesting is as I was working with full time employees. Um, and it, and my job was to help them look, you know, successful and make the project look successful, but that we were part of it. But because I became so invested, I felt like I was part of the team, even though I wasn't a full-time employee. I was the, the gig worker, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when this product rolled out, this uh, product, these services rolled out, they were they were super the the uh, upper management senior management levels were so super stoked about it and so excited and they had this big ceremony and this big you know kudos for the team and everything and so they're like okay we want the team members to come over here and we're going to recognize you i'm thinking i'm part of the team right and then and there was there's was, i wasn't the only gig worker there was probably maybe five gig workers and so we all started to you know line up with the team and they're like oh no no, 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 you're over there. 
You're right. not. You're not the team. You're right. you're over there. You're temporary. You're 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 not important. And right. I just felt my heart sink because I was just like, oh my God, I worked so many hours in building relationships. And, and of course the teammates, they were just like, they felt bad for us because we were so intimate in helping them be successful. Mm-hmm. But according to the client and employers, like, oh, team, you're not part of the team. Get over there. What we, get way off yep. to the side. And it, that was like, yep. so I had to get used to if I'm going to do this work, I have to get used to, you know, uh, either distancing myself emotionally from that or just realizing that that's how they see me. Uh, so just keep that in mind, folks. If you plan on doing a lot of this work, you have to, you have to just keep that in mind, how they see you in that perspective. Well, and, you know, to me, it, it's, it's conflict isn't that different than, than physics. You know, there's certain constants in physics like gravity and there's certain constants in conflict like relationships. If, you know, if you ignore relationships, if you don't go and pay attention to how people are getting along or how they're looking at things, it's going to come back and get you. It doesn't matter where you're at. And you know, my concern partly is is that, you know, we're going to go so far into this gig economy that we're really putting a lot of the things that go well uh at risk, you know, because I see it in uh, teleworking. You know, there's a lot of folks who really love teleworking, but it's much easier to misinterpret text messages, emails, Slack chat, you know, any type mm. of any type of chat than it is in person. And you know, we're we're going to this thing of if we don't really pay attention to what's being said or not being said or how we could be misunderstood, we mm-hmm. end up creating a whole new set of problems that we don't even realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We, I was just uh, doing a training last week, and we were talking about how people now communicate because we're in such a digital world and mobile apps and you know direct messaging and 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 texting uh but uh but the use of emoticons and gifs are so huge uh in how people communicate in the workplace uh and uh and we were talking about one gentleman was sharing how he was sending an emoticon that was a happy face that had a handout. Now he he assumed the hand was a waving hand, but instead he, by accident, not knowing, sent the the smiley face with the the you know talk to the hand. Oh. So when he sent that, the person on the other hand is like, well, why does he have such an attitude? Why does he like talk to the hand? And he's like, I thought I sent you the wavy hand. But they didn't talk right away. So there's this, these assumptions that upset and tension going on with these emoticons and gifts that are going about back and forth. And people don't realize how that has come as part of our communication now in, in communicating emotions and attitudes. Uh, so in this, uh, and whether that's a, from a gig economy or not, but I think more and more of how we're communicating uh, through Facebook messaging, uh, you know, Twitter messaging, a lot of employees, employers now have Facebook private groups or they have teams on uh, Hootsuite or uh, LinkedIn groups or whatever that they're using uh, or even Slack rooms uh, to organize mm-hmm. teams and team conversations and emoticons and gifts are a big part of that. And so not understanding how they work work or using them incorrectly or people interpret 
those emoticons or gifs uh, have definitely caused uh, a, a, just again another challenge in communication that that leads to that kind of conflict. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So we so really encourage you. Yeah, we encourage you to go through our prior episodes. Uh, you know, Patty, we've we've done so many of these on different topics, but we encourage you to go through our archives and 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 take a listen to some of these different topics if you want to dig into them further because. A lot of the things that we talk about today, they're things that will show up again and again. And if you're in the gig economy, if you're dealing with this, if you're thinking about going into that world, you know, please take advantage of some of the things that we've, uh, some of the, our prior uh, programming, because it, it, it's really going to make a big difference in helping you be successful. Mm, thank you for that. Yes, Stephen. And so, folks, if you want to access our podcast library, just simply go to TexasConflictCoach.com. We have over 305 podcasts. They're all categorized, very user-friendly to access. Um, you can also listen to our programs on the YouTube channel, Texas Conflict Coach, uh, or send us a question uh, at TX Conflict Coach, and uh, we monitor those and engage in Twitter um, and our Facebook page as well. Thank you, Stephen, so much for being part of this conversation. Did you have any final message yourself that you would like to end uh, the show with? No, it's it's just uh, being conflict competent is just as essential as knowing how to tie your shoes across the street. And mm-hmm. it's to everybody's advantage to go and figure it out. And so, you know, go ahead, give yourself permission to to. to Build this skill set because it's going to be something that is going to pay you dividends in so many different ways. Oh, absolutely. And the earlier, the better that you address conflict before it escalates uh, is going to be the, the final key, I would say, is uh, don't don't end up in triage, right, mm-hmm, <laughs> trying mm-hmm. to uh, deal with the situation. Uh, address it early. Be courageous and uh, embrace it in a very constructive and collaborative way and take small steps. One small successful step in dealing with conflict will lead to more courage and more competence and more confidence in how you deal with challenging conversations, especially with your either your employer or your gig worker uh, to do with that. So thank you, Stephen, so much for being with me on this journey. Uh, and everyone, again, access the podcast library, and you'll learn so much more uh, that will just add to what we talked about today. So thank you, Stephen, and good night, listeners. Thank you for listening to the Texas Conflict Coach. We hope you've enjoyed the program. You can find over 300 podcasts archived to listen at your own convenience at texasconflictcoach.com or download the podcast at iTunes or Stitcher Radio. To learn about upcoming radio programs and resources, sign up for our monthly e-newsletter.